This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Zero Waste Malaysia's Green Vera program is aimed at empowering local school teachers with zero waste knowledge and skill sets to build zero waste schools in Malaysia. Now, the program ultimately aims to build a waste-free and sustainable future for Malaysia, starting from early education schools. So today on the show, I'm joined by program lead Irene Chui, and she's going to shed more light on how we can help and how we can participate and what it is exactly that they, uh, the kind of assistance that they need to make this program a success. Welcome, Irene. How are you today? Hi, Julia. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. So I have had the pleasure of some of your colleagues joining, but this is the first time I'm speaking to you. So really excited. Um, Can you just share how you got involved with Zero Waste Malaysia? Uh, It's quite a long ball of yarn, actually. So um, I was a broadcast journalist for about seven years. And during that journey, my beat was general news, international news. So you learn a lot about the environment, what's wrong with it, the climate crisis, what's not being done, the recycling issue and all those problems. And then I realized that, okay, maybe this is something that I want to delve into deeper. And around then was when I learned about Zero Waste Malaysia. And when I learned about them, I felt, oh, These seem like a group of people who are very supportive. It might be an outlet for me. It might be a space for me to gain more information, more support. And so I started volunteering with them. Mm -hmm. And that sort of led me down the journey of leaving my broadcast journalist um, position. And so after I left my broadcast journalist position, I actually went to do my master's. Mm -hmm. So my master's is actually looking into the relationship between environmental NGOs and corporates. Okay. The give and take, or the not so much give and take, unfortunately. (laughs) Yep. And then from there, I went on to work with another NGO, um, and then I advocated for peatlands, and then Zero Waste Malaysia, whom I've been with all this time, told me, hey, we've got this program. We think you'd be a perfect fit. Are you interested? And so, of course, I jumped at the opportunity. Everything about Zero Waste Malaysia, not that I'm trying to hard sell them, everything that they do is what I believe in. Mm. Everything that they stand for is what I'm passionate in. So that's the long tail of how I got involved. And now I'm with the Green Weera program. Okay, no, that's excellent. And um, it hats off to you for making that leap, right? It must have been a very scary one, right? Going from a sort of like a kind of corporate job, you know, to the NGO sphere and knowing full well the kind of difficulties that, you know, this sort of job entails. But yeah, taking it on as well. So congratulations. Well done to you. Thank you. (laughs) I will say that it wasn't scary. It was definitely daunting daunting. because you're going from corporate Mm. benefits, a structured life to the NGO sphere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, all worthwhile, I'm sure, right? Definitely. <laughs> okay. So are you, do you also sort of like, uh, like you know, for Suyi and, you know, the others that I've spoken to, they also sort of adopt the zero waste lifestyle as best as they can. Has that some, is that something that you've been integrating into your life as well? Yes. So uh, I'm lucky enough to be a part of the speaker team as well. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we always share is our journey. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say that when they become a zero waster, there is always an aha moment a switch flips and they say, no more. Like when you become vegan, you say, oh, no more meat. But for me, there was never that that switch. Mm. It started when I was a young child. So I'm actually from Perak. I'm a Perakian, Ipo Mali. <laughs> so when I first came to KL to study, my mother gave me a tiffin. And one of those old school metal tiffins. And it had the address of the house that I was born in, it had that address painted on the tiffin. That was how old school it was. So my mom gave it to me to bring to KL. And sometimes, you know, you miss home. 
And so a way I dealt with that was to use the tiffin and use the stuff that my mom gave me. And that sort of started me on the BYO journey. And as that progressed, as I learned more and more about the climate crisis, what we should be doing, it was actually quite a lonely journey. Mm-hmm. I did it. None of my friends were doing it, let's be honest. Even now, few of my friends are doing it. It's gotten better, but it was a very lonely journey. And then when I found Zero Waste Malaysia, I started accessing our resources. And now the most basic things that we do is that we always BYO. We bring our own bags, especially produce bags. Because when you go to a supermarket, when you want to get potatoes, for example, you always have those small plastic bags. And you tell yourself that, oh, when I go home, I'll just cut the top off, that little um, that little tape off, and I can use it as a rubbish bag. Mm. That doesn't always happen now, does it? No. Sometimes you tear the bag by accident, sometimes it just doesn't work out. So we have our own produce bags. Um, as you can see right in front of me right now, I have my own water bottle. I carry that with me everywhere I go. We also usually have emergency tiffins and containers in the car and I have collapsible containers just in case, come on, we all get that urge, you know, to get a little kueh, little nasi lemak. For me, it's pastries. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I really love pastries. So having that collapsible container is something that I practice and it means that if I see a pastry that I like, I can buy it guilt-free. Wonderful. And it's made, you know, in those little, little steps, right? And you know that it accumulates and, you know, you've made such a uh, such a huge contribution, right, to the uh, to less plastic waste in our environment as well. Exactly. Like we always say, there is no away when you throw something away. Yeah. You think that that particular item can be recycled, but is it being recycled? There's so many caveats to it. There's so many pitfalls yeah. and so many loopholes. So the best thing to do is to avoid it in the first place. Correct. And small steps, right? Baby steps. It's not very difficult. You Tiffin from, you know, your childhood years, right? That you've And you don't have to go out and invest in so many new things, right? Just look around your house and see what you've got. There's probably plenty there that you can actually use to kickstart your journey. Am I right? Exactly. No, you don't have to buy something new. That's the misconception. Mm-hmm. People think that, oh, I have to buy all these cute and new beautiful gizmos. But you don't really use what you have in the house until it breaks down. And then you buy something that lasts a bit longer. You have a plastic container in the house. Fine use that. Use it until it looks like it's maybe a bit yellowed, you don't feel it's safe anymore. Then switch to a stainless steel one and that will last you for years and years and years. But don't just keep going out and buying more and buying more and buying more because at the end of the day, we are looking at reducing our footprint, not adding to it. Correct. So, you know, simple steps, you know, that you can, uh, and it's very hard to be fully zero waste. Uh, you know, for a lot of people, that's, I think, a select few who manage mm. that. But, you know, I mean, small, small steps like this really, really help in that journey. Yes, we don't need everybody doing it perfectly. We need everyone doing it imperfectly. Just do something, anything, every small step matters. Definitely. So, and, you know, Zero Waste Malaysia, I mean, you guys have grown so much uh, throughout the years, isn't it? And uh, I do know that last year you did a public stakeholder survey, am I correct? Yes. And uh, and that was, I guess, to sort of analyse the current public perception on environmental issues and what Zero Waste Malaysia can actually focus on moving forward, am I right? Can you can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what the findings were? Yeah. Exactly. Um, I guess it's a good Time for me to do a bit of a CTA as well. Our 2023 stakeholder survey is now out. Okay. So everyone who's listening to this, please go to all our social media, even our website. You'll see a huge link there where you can give your opinion and help inform Zero Waste Malaysia's direction for the coming year. 
So so my biggest takeaway from the 2022 stakeholder survey is that individuals and educational institutions actually tied in third place. Our stakeholders saw them as the third most responsible for driving environmental change. And that was actually quite a powerful wake-up call for us because our stakeholders were telling us as well that we want you to work towards education and we want you to work with educators. So with that in mind, we started speaking to these educators, speaking to people in the education industry. And we realized that teachers actually do want to do something. They are passionate to implement zero-waste-related projects, sustainability-related projects in their schools. They want to teach their kids. They do know it's important, but they lack the time, the knowledge, the skills, the training, mm-hmm. basically. Okay. And so that's how the Green Wira program was born. The Green Wira program is brought to you by Zero Waste Malaysia in collaboration with Axiata Foundation. Okay. And, you know, when you were sort of like um, trying to develop the Green Wira program, right? I mean, did you sort of do also a study on the current status of environment, uh, environmental education in Malaysia? Was there anything, you know, that you got from, um, yeah, from, from doing your research and just looking at the situation? So based on our research into the syllabus and also in speaking to these educators as well, there are elements of environmental and sustainability education in our syllabus already. Mm. However, it is fragmented. So for example, in the science subjects, you learn about renewable energy. Our kids are taught that. And then in civic education, they're taught about how to care for the school compound, how to love the environment and so on. But it's not structured. So there is no A, B, C, D, E, why we need to do this, why zero waste is important, why the five R's are, are important. Because in a lot of places, we are still carrying with us the three R's. Yes. And that is insufficient. We are currently in a climate crisis. Three R's is nowhere near enough to help us solve this problem. We need to start practicing and teaching our kids the five R's. Mm-hmm. You want to just uh, remind our listeners what those five R's are? I always make you guys do this, but I think it's always beneficial. Yes, I can repeat it as many times as you want me to. (laughs) So the five R's start with the most important thing on top, which is refuse, say no, refuse, reduce, reuse, recycle, and finally it's rot. Rot means composting. Mm -hmm. So whatever waste, food waste, etc., you know, don't throw it away because it just, you know, ends up in the landfills, you know, methane, all of that. So compost whatever you can. Okay, Irene, let's just go for one quick break. When we come back, let's get into the nitty-gritty of what the Green Weera Program is all about. I'm speaking today to Irene Chui. She's the Program Lead for the Green Weera Program with Zero Waste Malaysia. The Green Weera Program is aimed at empowering local school teachers with zero waste knowledge and skill sets. They want to build zero waste schools in Malaysia. We'll have more on that after this quick break. Keep it here on Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. In the studio with me today, Irene Chui. She's the program lead for the Green Weera program at Zero Waste Malaysia. And uh, we're talking about how we can be a Green Weera. Uh, but of course, the Green Weera program is aimed at empowering local school teachers with zero waste knowledge and skill sets to build zero waste schools in Malaysia. And ultimately, you know, the aim is to build a waste-free and sustainable future for Malaysia, starting from right at the beginning, right? Early education schools. Irene is here to help us understand what it is that the Green Weera 
their program wants to do and also most importantly what help they need as well right uh, in making this a success so before the break Irene you told us you know there is of course some elements of uh, edu- environmental education in our syllabus but it's kind of fragmented mm. there's no sort of like cohesive yeah. like curriculum or, or system right and that's where you saw this gap uh, and that's how Green Weera program came to be so I guess Talk to me more about Green Weera program, right? How did you guys, um, how did you guys envision it, and how have you guys um, created it and formulated it, uh, and what is it that you're going to do with it? All right. So the ultimate goal, the dream, if you will, of the Green Weera program is to encourage the development of zero waste schools in Malaysia. So because this is a pilot program, it's the first time we're doing it, which is very exciting, yeah. daunting, but exciting. Sure. So we are targeting primary schools in the Klang Valley. So the reason why we're targeting the Klang Valley is because, well, first of all, logistics, let's be realistic. Zero Waste Malaysia has a wide network, but the actual team is still quite small. And so most of our resources are in the Klang Valley. Also, did you know that there are over 800 primary schools in the Klang Valley? I did, yes. There's over 800, which is a huge pool. So the Green Weera program is actually broken down into three phases, and it lasts a year. So in the first phase, what we're going to do is we're going to open up our modules, online modules, to 85 maximum capacity, 85 local educators, primary school teachers. Within nine weeks, they will learn five modules, at which are enhanced by five webinars. These modules are structured and also designed for their very busy schedule, but they're specifically structured to empower them make them feel a bit more confident and inspired. And after that, we'll talk a bit more about what are the problems that we're facing right now, the real issues. After that, what can you do about it? We give them real proof. We give them case studies of other schools in Malaysia or NGOs in Malaysia that are doing similar things at schools to give them some ideas, you know, because with teachers, they're always thinking about activities for their kids. Mm. And so in these modules, we'll give you all those ideas. We'll give you that inspiration. The final objective of it is to eventually empower these teachers to develop their own school-based zero-waste initiatives. And we don't just say, hey, go on develop a project, we teach you design skills. Mm. We help you figure out your monitoring, your budgeting, your sustainability of that project itself. We want you to succeed. So in phase one, we will coach a maximum of 85 teachers. The top 20 will then move on to phase two, where they are given intensive training and coaching. So these 20 educators are going to go with us to a boot camp where we will give them hands-on coaching on how to refine their projects, how to refine their proposals. We want them to make it the best it can be because they stand a chance of winning seed funding of up to 30,000 ringgit for their dream sustainability project at their schools. Wonderful. I mean, isn't that great? That is wonderful. Okay. And so this is open to our local primary school teachers, right? Is it mostly from our Kabangsaan schools is, or is there any sort of limitation in that sense? So our target is, of course, the Kabangsaan schools because most of our kids are in the Kabangsaan schools. Correct. But it is open for everyone. It is open for for Sekolah Kebangsaan, the SJKCs, the SJKTs, 
private schools, international schools. If you are a primary school teacher in Malaysia, you are eligible to apply for this program, which is completely free. The only caveat is that you have to show us a letter of support from your headmaster because the final deliverable is for you to develop a project that you can have at school. So without your headmaster's support, that is going to be a very difficult path. Mm -hmm. So that is the only caveat. Otherwise, everyone who fits that criteria of being a local primary school educator is more than welcome to apply. Okay. And could you describe maybe not all, but some of the modules, you know, what does it actually look like? And what is it that you will be uh, teaching the teachers, I suppose, right? Right. So I can give you a brief walkthrough of all our five modules. So in the first module, we will introduce them to zero waste. What is zero waste? What are the five R's? How to implement the five R's in your daily life and maybe even in the school context, right? And then in the second module, we'll touch about the what, where, why, and how of waste. Okay. After that, in module three, we zoom in on zero waste and sustainable solutions. Emphasis being on the word solutions, because we don't just want to keep telling you, that's a problem, that's a problem, that's a problem, this is bad. We want to focus on what you can do about it. Mm, definitely. And then after that, In module four, we start talking to them about design thinking. Now you have all this information. Now you know what other schools are doing. You have all these ideas. So how do you formulate your own proposal? How do you formulate your own project that will work? And then finally, in module five, we talk to them about project sustainability and monitoring. It's very important for us that these teachers or our local educators, they do not do something that is one-off. Mm. We want to see long-term impacts, a long-term effect. Maybe it's something that you do one year. If you get transferred to another school, then you can transfer the project with you. Right. As in, yeah, okay. duplicate okay. it. Mm. Or maybe if you are so lucky to get our seed funding, other teachers can learn from you and you can give them a starter kit so to say, and they can duplicate the program and it can run for years and years and years and years. Wonderful. Because you want that sustainability, of course, right? You don't want it to just be a one-off thing, you know, uh, ending with one teacher, for example. Exactly. So earlier on when I was telling you about how it's um, the program is structured as well, yeah. I left out on phase three. So phase three is after they win the seed funding, they will receive hands-on coaching, training, support to make their program a success. We're not just going to be like, yay, you won. Here you go. Here's the money. Now go do your thing. We are going to be there for them. And we're going to hold their hands. If they need, as much as they need, we're there to support them. So for five months, they'll have us there coaching, guiding, helping in whatever capacity they need. At the end of five months, which is September next year. Told you it's a long project. Okay, very good. September next year, they are going to showcase their progress or their success at a showcase exhibition. Nice. Okay. So we're going to end things with a bang. Very much so. But I think also you will need buy-in from the schools themselves, right? School teachers will need that as well. Yes. So that is where the letter of support from the headmaster comes in. Okay. And ultimately, the goal, of course, is to have zero-waste schools in Malaysia, right? And then I guess, is that also a, is it also a hope that it becomes integrated and part of the curriculum as well? You know, not sort of like a project, after, an after-school project, etc., but part of the our school syllabus. Is that something that you guys are also advocating for? Exactly. So we believe in sharing all of our materials, all of our educational materials, whatever materials we have, 
public access. Mm. We share it with everybody. In fact, before this, we had a Wira Zero Waste program. That was aimed at children between the ages of 11 and 17. And that was actually built around the school syllabus. Right. To yes, enhance yes. the school syllabus. So yes, it is our dream. Hopefully, with the Green Wira program, we can show the powers that may be that, hey, this is needed and it can be integrated into the syllabus. And and just circling back to what you said about Wira Zero Waste, so that one was more uh, on the students, right? And, you know, mm. from what I heard from, I, I spoke to Suyi and also Marilyn back then, uh, you know, about that. And they were telling me how successful it was. Um, but now, of course, you know, this is a change in, in focus, right? This is more for the education side, for the teachers. Yes. So the Wira Zero Waste program is actually still available. We still have people logging into the course every day. Nice. People are still teaching it to their kids at school, at refugee schools. We've heard that feedback. But then now for the Green Wira program, we are switching the focus from students to teachers because teachers, they have a lot of influence, don't they? Yes, and they course. have a lot of existing knowledge. All right, excellent. And I'm also very curious, uh, Irene, about how, you know, because all of this, obviously, you guys took from all your resources, all the hard work, right, when you were building the modules, right? Um, And how do you hope, you know, all that knowledge that you guys have gained and you've put into these modules, how do you hope that that will actually be practiced or, you know, used by the students, right, ultimately? Very glad you asked that. So using this program and the modules within, we're going to give teachers case studies, and these case studies include, top of my head, did you know that there is a school in Zimbabwe, a primary school, where they use a solar-powered water system to feed their vegetable garden? Wow. They use this garden to teach their kids aquaponics about agriculture, project planning, science and math. Nice. Some of the project ideas that maybe these teachers can come up with is, for example, having an edible garden in your school so that kids can learn and touch and feel because everything is so urban and metropolitan right now. A lot of children don't even know where tomatoes come from. They don't even know the tomatoes are really difficult to grow in Malaysia. Extremely difficult. I tried and I failed. Same. I learned the hard way as well. <laughs> and so other than that, maybe you can even teach them about plastic recycling. That's actually related to our Trashpedia program as well, where we teach kids about recycling. But is it really about recycling though? Because the bigger message behind it is, is that the recycling system is very complicated. It's flawed, mm. unfortunately. So there's no away when you throw something away. And when we did Trashpedia, that was something that we learned from the children. They were uh. teaching their parents as well and they were going, hey, we should stop using plastic bottles. We recycle also, then it becomes another plastic bottle and then becomes another plastic bottle. Let's use our own containers. Lovely. And Trashpedia, of course, is the trash encyclopedia that you guys have developed yes, as well, right? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> so do you foresee uh, any challenges, uh, you know, when the program is up and running? Cause, so yes, of course, it's the pilot program. I'm sure you've sort of, um, you know, you've probably said like, okay, this might be an issue, this might be an issue. Anything that you can foresee might happen that, you know, uh, you want to share with us? So there have already been quite a few challenges okay. and I definitely foresee more coming basically because it is a pilot program. So we are coming up with all these modules from scratch. The research behind it and then the validity of the information and there's a certain way of how I want it structured. I'm quite a meticulous person 
on a bit of the extreme scale. And I also have friends who are primary school teachers. And the feedback that they give me is they are so busy. They are so overloaded. And so when I started coming up with the briefing for the modules, the most important thing was, as I taught my team these modules, they can't be another stress point. Mm. They have to be something that is impactful, relevant, and designed specifically to fit the busy schedule and the busy lives. And so the online modules, it takes the teachers a maximum of one hour, maximum, maximum 90 minutes a week. Okay. Yeah, to tackle right. it. And it's up and our webinars are after working hours. So you're at home, you're chilling, it's one hour a week, and then we're done. Mm, okay. okay. And another thing is also thinking about how the modules can be relevant to the teachers, because we don't want to be just spewing out examples that let's say are more relate are more relatable to adults when you're working, bring your own container. Kids don't really do that. And so we want to give them school-specific examples. Another challenge is when we are trying to look at case studies as well. It's tracking down these schools, these stakeholders, these places where we can go and get information and get proof of concept to show these teachers, hey, it can be done and it is being done. Mm. One of the challenges that I foresee coming when the teachers are onboarded is even though we have designed it to be very mindful of their schedules, Will they be able to commit? Will their headmaster support them? So those are a few of the challenges that you know we envision will ha- will arise. Okay, all right. But I mean, those are things that can be. Yeah, I suppose you know the more uh, support you drum up for the program, you know, and you show people that you know this really is something that uh, you know the children also will benefit from it. Yes, the teachers, but ultimately the children. You know, it's it's just a trickle down effect, and everybody will ultimately benefit from it. Especially our planet, isn't it? That's the main aim, of course. Yes. Um. So let's talk a little bit about just the mechanics. So, uh, you mentioned the three phases, right? So uh, registration has opened today, uh, and it's open to all uh, primary school teachers. They just need a support letter. What else do they need to do? Anything else like documentation and things like that aside from the headmaster's uh, letter? So all they need to do is to go onto our website or any of our social media pages. Mm -hmm. We are very active on Instagram and Facebook, of course. But the simplest way, go to the Zero Waste Malaysia website, find the Green Weera program, click on it, and then you will see an apply button. Okay. Once you click into it, it will take you into a Google form. In the form, there is all the information that you need. The phases, the details of it, and then we re-emphasize that it is completely free. All you need to do is to show us a letter of support from your headmaster. And after that, you'll be onboarded and then we'll start the course. We try to give them as few hurdles as possible because we we do think that this is so beneficial for the Malaysian education system. And we really want to make it as simple and as easy as possible for them to join us. No, definitely. And um, and it's only, as you said, uh, it's a nine-week online module, right? That's what you said uh, first. And then the top 20 will be invited for the boot camp. That's right. Did yep. I get that right? Okay. Yes. All right. And then- so it's a nine-week modules, five modules over nine weeks. And after that, we're going to have a boot camp next January. Mm-hmm. And then they have one month to submit their proposal. The top two proposals that will be in seat funding 
will then receive coaching for five months. And then September next year, we're going to have the showcase exhibition. Okay, so you've given, I mean, it's one whole year almost, right? Uh, for, for this to to really sort of grow and because uh, you want it to be in fact impactful, you want it to be done right as well, right? It's yes. not just some flash in the pan thing. So again, you know, folks, you know, to to register to find out more, of course, just head to zerowastemalaysia.org. Uh, I know this can't be easy. None of the work that you guys do is easy. Uh, and uh, anything that the public can do to help, you know, in terms of uh, uh, assisting you for the Green Wearer program, but also Zero Waste Malaysia. So for members of the public, if you guys are interested in media and marketing and branding, please come and join us. We are desperately recruiting a media and marketing person. So if that's something that you're interested in, you can hit us up on our socials or you can go to our LinkedIn where the job ad for the media and marketing position for the Green Wira program is still active. Okay. All right. So just head to the website again uh, for more information on that. Anything else, you know, any other assistance or support, you know, that would be helpful to you guys right now? So that was how the members of the public can help us. If you're not a member of the public and you are a primary school teacher, maybe you're a headmaster, maybe you've got friends who are primary school teachers based, based in Klang Valley, help us spread the news. Even if you are a parent and you believe that this is going to be impactful for your kid, Share our program. Share it on Facebook. Call your call your kids' teachers. I'm not sure how advisable that is. But if you're friends with them, maybe you can recommend our project. And another very important thing is collaboration. We don't believe in working in a silo. So we always not just leverage, but we work and collaborate with our network. So for example, in building the Green Vira program, we spoke to a lot of stakeholders. We spoke to people who are good and have experience in developing edible gardens like ground control. We've been speaking to Waldorf schools and then we're actually going to a landfill Ah. because we want all of these statistics and we want all these stakeholders on board. So if you are somebody working with a municipal council, maybe you're someone from JPN, KPM with the government, or you're a corporate, or maybe you have an NGO, reach out to us. We can always find a way to work together. Because we can only be the solution when we band together, not when we work individually. Couldn't have put it better myself. Irene, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. I was speaking to Irene Chui, the program lead for the Green Weera program at Zero Waste Malaysia. We were talking, uh, we were finding out all about the Green Weera program. Again, if you'd like to find out more, uh, that website is zerowastemalaysia.org and uh, just search for Green Weera program there. But you, of course, you can also follow them on their social media channels. So there's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, X, I suppose I need to call it now, uh, YouTube and also TikTok, right? All all those channels, all there. Um, yes. <laughs> and But if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash earth. You can also find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.